Man, we, we, we live, y'all. Here we go. Here we go. Listen. Another episode. That episode. Fan View. Fan View Podcast. Got my main man, Austin Clunch, in the building. Nigga State head coach, head yeah. basketball coach. Going into your fifth year. That's right, man. How crazy is that? I, I remember I, I remember the press conference. Uh you didn't have you didn't have the facial hair. No. Nah, <laughs> you know. You looked at a little old, younger. Look like a young man. I'm losing hair. You know, that's why I got the beanie on. I don't want you know, Cowboys. Just, you I do know. got a problem with you wearing a Cowboys beanie. I ain't gonna lie to you. I really got a problem with it. Y'all four and two. I thought all the injuries y'all y'all was having in preseason and during training camp. I just knew this is gonna be a season where y'all was gonna be in the top five pick of a draft. You know we don't fold, man. And it's like I tell you, there's fans of other teams, but for Cowboys fans, you know we're not really fans. We were born to wear this stuff. <laughs> oh my, oh so, my god! You know, man. You know I had you, to come in and, and represent the boys today. Listen, you know, so you know he had to come in to rub it in because the last time he was on the show, that's right. He told you, G. He did. The Saints were going lose to the Cowboys. But it, you, that was, was in the dome. If I'm not mistaken, the dome, but it really was a sucker belt. I mean, who? Trevor Simeon was the quarterback. We had no Michael Thomas. We had no Deontay Hardy. We had no Kamara. Uh, we well, he sees what we're doing with the back of the quarterback. <laughs> we're, not, we're not out here making excuses. The whole line was excuse. You know. I'm just saying, we had a – but I live up to my best. I, I really went into Walmart to try to get a, a Cowboys <laughs> shirt to wear on the show. I couldn't find I, it. I meant to bring my Urban jersey today. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to forget it next time I, I see I, look, you, so we'll get the picture. Look, when yeah. I show up to a Nichols game this year, I will have a Cowboys right. jersey or some there kind of apparel on for you. You got to live up to your bets, man. There I got to, go. man. I live up to my bets. I live up to him. <laughs> Coach, fifth year, man. Fifth, fifth year, man. You kind of almost to be you almost considered to be a vet in the game, man. Talk about going into your fifth year. Um right. as Nickel State head basketball coach last year. A hell of a season, 21 wins. Right. Uh, regular season Southland Conference Championship, man. I remember being in it, you know, in, in, in Stofa. No, not Stofa. Stover. Yeah, Stover. I thought they changed the name. It's Stover Arena against uh, UNO. Mm -hmm. uh, electric, electric, electric atmosphere. Man. Ty Gordon put on a show. I thought that was a <laughs> game that that declared him as a Southland Conference player. Yeah, they played a year. Just talk about, you know, going into this fifth year, man. It's funny, like, you know, after that first year of coaching, like your first year you feel young, you feel like you're new, but then, like, after that, every <laughs> year you just, you feel like a vet. You just feel old, and, and you're trying to ultimately do things to help your program just little by little. You right. Know, make, get to that right. next step. You know, in every program, uh, of course, we're at a point now where we're sort of trying to figure out how to finish that last hurdle. You know, right. we've won right. the regular season title now twice and, and trying to – uh, complete the mission, you know, at the conference tournament. Win the Southland, um, win the yeah. Southland tur uh, yeah, tournament. Yeah, win the Southland tournament and go to the NCAA tournament ultimately. NIT was a great experience last year, with that being said. Right. I mean, obviously, we want to make the NCAA tournament. Doesn't take away from the regular season title and then getting to go to the NIT and first time in school history. Right. Uh, and then with this group coming back, you know, it's it's funny, like we were just talking about, it's we lose three incredibly important pieces. Uh, but – you know, it's the yeah. most – it's actually, since I've been a head coach, the most um, returning players I've ever had. And so right. um, we do have a core of guys now that are stepping into a lot of new roles, and oftentimes that can take even more time than when you have a brand-new team. Just, you know, asserting new roles, understanding what we need them to do. It's not not like last year, you know. Right. And, and not, not just from a personnel standpoint, but, you know, I think we're going to play a little bit differently. I right. think – our style and our identity won't quite be the same. Um, and Still that play fast, huh? Yeah, I mean, we don't, we're, 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 I think I think that's just part of who I am. Yeah. You know, it's even even in, I I find myself you know in games sometimes just uh, you know even just under my breath you know we're out here playing and 
I hear myself just say, shoot it. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, you want, That's the you want your guys to yeah, you want your guys to play uh, with that type of confidence and, and, and that type of aggression. So but no, we're still gonna play fast, but we got a lot of work to do, but I like our group. But speaking about playing fast, where did that style of coaching come from? Like every coach when you watch them, you know, even like ACC coaches, like let's say like Mike Krzyzewski or somebody, everyone has a style. If you go watch the Big Ten with Tom Menzel, everybody has a style. Where is it that style of playing fast? Where did that come from for you? Well, I, when I was in college, the coach I played for, um, he played at Davidson. You know, they kind of play that free-flowing up and right. down. Um, uh, and, and I don't even necessarily like to say that I like to play fast. I don't really even say that. But I certainly want our guys to play with freedom, you right. know, and, and I want to take a great shot. You know, if we can get it in three seconds, then let's do that every possession. If it takes 27 seconds, then we'll take it then. You know, but I, I like to say that we have a structure and how we run discipline in, in the format that we play. But within mm -hmm. that, right. I want our guys to be them. You know, there's a reason I recruited them. Right. You know, right. they can do things, um, quite frankly, that, you know, I, I always like to say I like to recruit recruit offense and coach defense, right? And right. I think – you know, when you get when you like get, me. when you get guys that when you get talented guys and get them to compete and take pride defensively and care about each other, mm -hmm. and then on the flip side of it, just learn spacing, share the game, you know, play within concepts, um, you know, and and learn to play free without playing selfish, you know, right? Learn to be hungry without being thirsty, you know, and just Ooh. you know, I think share the ball, share the game, uh, and I think when you do that, you know, I think you see results. I do want to talk about. You, when you first got into the coaching game at George Mason and playing for, you know, who I think is one of the best coaches <clears throat> um, that I've ever got to witness since I've been watching college basketball and Paul Hewitt. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how did that job interview even come about? Uh, because, you know, Paul Hewitt had a lot of success at, at Georgia Tech. Uh, I know his first two years at George Mason was successful. The last, his last mm -hmm. two years, that wasn't, wasn't pretty good, but – Talk about getting that interview, man, and, and, and what went into it and, and how you got them ties to Coach Hewitt to even get an opportunity to coach at George Mason with him. Just like so many things in life, man, it was it was lucky to start. You know, I mean, I um, my final year at Emory University where I played in Atlanta, mm -hmm. we had a guy, a volunteer assistant with us, mm -hmm. and he had worked with Coach Hewitt at Georgia Tech. Right. Um, he actually had been asked by Coach Hewitt to go to George Mason with him. Mm -hmm. His wife happened to have um, – great job in Atlanta and so he, they were going to stay in Atlanta and, right. and he wanted to stay around the game so while he took on you know some other uh, another job he still wanted to stay around the game so he ended up you know sort of just helping with the Emory program right I get to know him through that he knows I want to coach when the season you know got done you know he he basically sort of just formed that introduction hey coach Hewitt needs kind of an entry-level guy you know I think you'd be great for him um and he sort of just set up the entire thing you know I we ended up doing an interview in Atlanta. Um, Coach Hewitt at the time, I think they still have a house in Atlanta. You know, he's – Coach Hewitt's living good now. He's got a couple <laughs> houses, yeah. different places, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Uh, but so I think, you know, right. we, we met we met at a hotel there and just um, – So you went into this interview, like, blind, not even having a conversation with him Never. in person before? Never. Wow. Never met him. Wow. And I remember, like, you know, I'm, I'm a student of the game, right? So, like – this guy's like a celebrity to me. Yeah, man. Like, I see. I see. Like, Chris Bosh. So I, man. Eric Fee. No, no, the list goes on. Uh, like people Eli don't, Shumper, people man. don't realize. Like, go some dudes. Go some dudes. No, like, 
uh, he calls some Jordan Mor- Morrow. Uh, yeah, Anthony Morrow. Anthony, sorry, Anthony yeah, Morrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's got Mario West. Like Jamarius Crittin. Jamarius Crittin and Jared Jack. Like they uh, will Bynum. Will I mean, Bynum. the list goes on. I like, forgot people, about Will Bynum. People forget yeah. how many dudes. people forget how many like professionals he's coached. Um, I really was surprised. I think I think he got the one Final Four with Jared. They lost in the championship to yeah. UConn the year with after Jack. Yeah. with Jared yeah. Jack. Yeah, they lost in the championship to UConn. Yeah. And beat, and yeah. and really, I think they might have been like a seven seed or something like they that. Were, they were three, three, three seed. Yeah, gotcha. but um, but so that's but the anyway. amount of guys he coached. Yeah, yeah. a testament. Yeah, yeah, and he um. Uh, but anyway, yeah, did did an interview with him. I remember being so nervous, you know, like, and then he and then he walks in, and you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a shorter D three point guard. And <laughs> and this dude, he's he's every bit of six six, and I'm like, dang man, he don't look that tall, tall on TV. Tall? tall man, six, six. tall, wow. yeah man, tall. And he's just like, but he's um, Coach Hewitt man is just like, just the salt of the earth. Like, and I know it's like kind of cliche to say it, but right. incredible coach, even better person. Like. Taught me so much, not just about like the X's and O's and recruiting. You know, he's incredible at that, but mm-hmm. also just professionalism. You know, handling your business, being an adult. You know what it takes. Right. You know to to be successful in this profession, and not just like when things are good. You know, we had a good year, but you know we we had some some downs as well that year. George Mason, some games that we felt we should have won that we lost. Um, you, so you you got there his last two years. So I was there. We were still in the CAA. Gotcha. And so we were 22. We were, yeah, we were, I was only there one year. We were 22 and 16. We lost in the championship of the CBI. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then when I left, that's when they made the jump to the A10. Different. And St. Joseph. Yeah, oh, man. Like VCU. That's when Dayton still was in the. Everybody. Dayton, VCU, St. Bonnie, St. Louis. I mean, just Rhode Island, you know. At that time, one, one of the best. I mean, still one of the best, but at that time, probably the best. Mid-mid. I mean, they were getting three or four teams in the NCAA Easy. tournament. VC VC was always getting it. Yeah, so <laughs> so um, what 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 was your role that one year at George Mason? Like, that's your first time yeah. getting into college coaching, right? Like, what was your role, man? Just and we didn't have a huge staff. It wasn't like when I was at Clemson. I was really the only support staff guy. Um, wow. We had a really active uh, wow. student manager uh, who was who was kind of my sidekick, and and we had. I, mean, I did everything. I helped with scouts. I helped on the floor. I helped with, um, I mean, just, you know, whatever. whatever. How old were you at this time? 22. I got the job at 22, Woo! and I turned 23 during the season. So you really was able to relate to a lot of the players on the team and, and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, that was a big part of it, too. I think just being fresh out of school and, you know, the same I, was still, I was still that, like, cocky little player that thought I, I could play with these dudes. And, you yeah, know, probably used to play pickle with them. Of course, I play pickup with our guys now. You still do? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Coach Deleuze said he's the he used to be the best the best on the staff when he was there. Nicholas you know, that's that's probably up for debate. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we've had some players now. You know, we've had some coaches that can play. No. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I think just being around the guys and like, right. you know, I, I I felt that you know I, I was able to develop relationships where I could, you know, not at first, but then you get to a point where even as a GA, like, hey man, you're, you can get on them. You know, hey man, you're you're really BSing. You're not you're not doing the work. You're not doing the work. You know, at times, you know, because you know how it is as a player. Like you, oh, coach is on me. Coach, you know, coach is wrong. Coach, coach don't see. And sometimes, like as a that, I was kind of that that middle point. Yep. Right. Where, right. Hey man, I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. but you got to see what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to understand. This is his job. This is his job. You know, and this is how he feeds Miss Dawn and his their three daughters. Correct. And, and you know. Um, he has a job to do. Yeah. And and, um, and how did you propel that into getting to Clemson? 
Clemson thing was interesting, man. And it's, I think in this profession, I, I tell people all the time, it's, it's never where you think, you know, when you, you have this vision where you're going to coach, where you're going to end up. Right. And it can just be so random. The year before, I actually met Coach Brownell at Emory. He came because he knew my college coach. Right. That was like two years before when I was a junior. Relationships. <laughs> and um, I, had, I had applied for like a GA position that first year out of college. They didn't have an opening. Gotcha. Right. So Why Clemson? Just a, a bunch of spots. I mean, I applied everywhere. Okay, got it. Like, and all people, people that I had any type of, any sort of connection, connection to. Connection to. Anybody you And I met. wanted to be at that level. I wanted to get a taste of that level. Mm-hmm. And um, and co- and so they didn't have anything. And then the following year, I knew of some spots that were open. I was do, working camps, emailing. Right. Interviewing. Just, I was close on some things that just fell through. And um, this is late. I mean, this is probably July. And uh, a friend of mine called and said, hey, man, I think Clemson just had a GA spot open. Really? And so sure enough, I just – I called. They kind of needed it. They said, hey, South man. South Carolina. So, I, so that was on like a Saturday. They called me that night and said, hey, man, can you be here Monday to interview? I, I remember my suit was like kind of wrinkled. <laughs> I remember I, I, I didn't have – at that time I had like one suit, right? I had like two suits. <laughs> and so – but I drove down there. Listen, he's still, uh, still living like a college student. Yeah. yeah, one suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, I drove down there on Sunday. You know, six-hour drive, whatever. Nothing crazy from for DC area to South Carolina. And mm-hmm. interview Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Got over the job. You know. And wow. Which that's how you met Coach Richard Riley. That's right. Coach Riley. Yeah. And then Richard Riley gets the job at Nichols. Nichols. Takes yeah. you with him. That's it. And then Seven he, years ago, he turns the Nichols program yeah. around. Around. Yeah. Oh my God! It was it was like Around. Nichols program was so bad you won't hang yourself. No, that's man. how bad it was before Richie got there. Yeah, it was that bad. You, and you know, know I'm, and I'm from Houston, so like I've been around the Southland my whole life. Right, like, I know Nichols. You know, I know the league. You know, right. I know all these schools. McNeese. So, yeah, no, no, I know all these schools in Texas, Louisiana. I, I know this. The, the the there's there's um there's obviously a difference in resources and budget can when what we're competing with against the Texas universities mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Correct. You know, and the obstacles that come with that and, and what Richie did, man, I don't think people nec- I don't think people nationally even recognize the job that he did. You know, I mean to come in amazing. in two years and win the league in his second year. Right. I mean it was and, and you know, obviously now there's there's the transfer stuff. Richie was way ahead of his time with that. Yep. And I think what people yep. don't I think what people don't well, necessarily realize now is it's easy like now transfers can play right away. Right, you have to sit out a year. When I took over, when Richie took over, he was investing like, "Hey, we're not, you're, we're going to take two guys, and they're not going to play for a whole year." But back then, you know, Richie was taking grad transfers too, so grad transfers was able to play right away. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at the year we won the championship, we had we had two only players. They both sat out the year before. Gotcha. My champ, my year, my first year as head coach, I had four dudes sit out. Yeah, wow. Hunter was one of them. D'Angelo Hunter, Dexter McClanahan, Andre yep. Jones. Andre Jones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then the same with the next year. Najee Garvin was the only player. He set out a year. Uh, Jalen Forns, um, you know, so. And I think that, you know, R- Richie, again, man, he, he had a vision. He was like, you know, he was, he was, he's so motivated, man. He's right. as motivated as a coach I've ever been around um, and just, you know, works, works, works. at it. Works. You know, and, I think that I think that is still very much instilled in in our program at Nichols. You know, just that attitude of playing with the chip. You know, um, being the underdog, regardless of 
you know, I've been I've been here long enough now, heading into year seven, including as an assistant yep. coach, where I, I've been picked everything from first to last at Nichols. So, yep. right. you know, just, just <laughs> understanding that that stuff doesn't matter. And it's crazy how, you know, you, Coach Aiken, y'all was under mm-hmm. Richie, and both of y'all are head coaches head in the coaches. Salt Lake Conference. Mm-hmm. And we had Coach Aiken on the show. We had Coach Aiken yeah. on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my man, dude. Yep. Just, <laughs> he's like a big niece. Yeah, he's like a yeah. big brother to me, man. Now, yep. we won't beat, won't, beat, won't beat him every time we play him, but, uh, <laughs> but, that's, uh, but that's my guy, man. You know, I've learned a lot from Coach Aiken, too. But listen, talk about some of the difference in basketball, man. Right now, like in today's basketball, we're watching a lot of guys shoot threes. I remember when I first started, you know, playing basketball, like in high school. I played like my, my junior, you know, sophomore year. Higgins, JV t- broke my ankle. Dumb. We didn't shoot that many. Basketball didn't shoot that many threes. Yeah. But in today's game, there's a lot of threes, even at the pro level. But speak about how the three-point shot has changed basketball and how you have you installed that in kind of like what you do as a coach in yeah. terms of your team. It's funny, like, you know, Especially at the pro level, right? Because right. I think what people probably don't take into account enough is like it's really like two different games. You know, the NBA rules are tailored for yep. offense, yep. whereas the college rules are tailored for defense. Right. So, so I, you know, of course, when you're growing up, I mean, I did the same thing. Who do you watch? You watch the best players in the world. You watch Steph Curry. You watch when I was growing up, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, yep. Allen Iverson. You know, and you want to do what they did. So. The handle and all that, and yep. the bag—that's right. what we watched. Yep. The, you know, the mid-range, the mid-range was, was you know, more relevant. More relevant then. back then. The and, elbow jumper. And Correct. so now I think, you know, of course, the, the way that, like you mentioned earlier, you know, positionless basketball and basketball. being able to spread the floor from five spots at the NBA yep. is—is, I mean, it's imperative at the NBA. Like if you're playing two traditional bigs, it's going to be hard. It's going to be now hard in college. Good it's luck, doable. Good, good luck, Timberwolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, and I just think, you know, in college, um, I think that's the biggest thing that coaches fight. I think I think ever certainly I've seen it even for me. Like, hey man, we're gonna come in and we're gonna play this super now we do we play pretty fast, but we do sh- we shoot a lot of threes, but I think if you come to a practice, you know, we're we're really stressing inside out, whether that's whether that's a post touch or guards driving it first and getting right. a paint touch. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't I certainly wouldn't just say that the Warriors formula for success is what every college basketball everybody team should be looking it. at. No, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just, and that's the thing. You don't even see that around college basketball. Yeah. All, you know, a lot of the threes, I, it, it doesn't seem like it could just work at that level. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like you can just start, hey, listen, we'll come out here and we'll just play this free shooting threes. Like, bro, you know, in college basketball, you got to do a lot of rebounding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, And I think just in general, man, like, not, not just that, but I think you got to also take into account, like, these are student athletes, so they're going to class. They're having a, they're having some sort of a life outside of basketball. You know, right. it's just, you know, when you talk right. about shooting, man, shooting is, like, I don't know what time it is in Oakland, but I bet Steph Curry shot already today. <laughs> you yeah. know, I bet, I bet all those dudes that get paid to shoot have already shot right. a thousand shots this morning. You know, right. and with college, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, these kids work their butts off. You know, and a lot of them are in there without a coach having to say anything, but. I just think at the same time, it's it's two completely different games, you know, and it's right. it's fun. I think as a coach, man, and I love being innovative, and I love seeing, you know, oh man, you like watch these games tonight, man. There's some good games tonight, and I'll inevitably watch a play and be right. like, man, that's good, man. I don't know how can I install something like that, right? But you know, at the end of the day, in college basketball, there's no there's no defensive three seconds, right? So it's hard for, I mean, you can load up on one side of the court, 
make a dude pass. You know, you can you can take a guy out of a game in college basketball so much easier than that at the NBA, you know. And so I think there's much more strategy and coaching that, that falls on in the college game. Right. Where the NBA is certainly more geared to the talent, you know. And, and, and it's so crazy right. that you say that. Cause, you know, I went to Southeastern. I got to Southeastern in 2004. And Billy Kennedy – yeah. The head coach at the time. Yeah, sure Steve was. Prone mm-hmm. was on that staff. Larry mm-hmm. Cordova. Mm-hmm. Um, all those boys. Uh, coach Banks, that mm-hmm. was the head coach at Southern. Which yeah. Turned yeah, 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 yeah. He had a hell of a staff. And I remember going to some practices because I had a really, good co- a really good relationship with co- Coach Billy Kennedy. Um, I actually tried off for the team my freshman year. I ain't making it. But yeah, I tried off. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, tried off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I remember him stressing in practice when I used to go watch the practices. You live, you live by the three, you're going to die by the three. Yeah. And, you know, Billy Kennedy, he went to a tournament that year. 2005. 2005. 2005. played Oklahoma State with the, the Graham Twins. It, that was kind of a good game for a little bit. What? Yeah, yeah it was. Yes. It was yeah. Yes. I, I remember yeah. that game. Was John, my guy, my guy John Lucas was on that team. John Lucas. So John, Lu- John Lucas. That was actually the year they went to the Final Four, right? Yeah. They lost yeah. to George Tech. They lost, lost to Paul Ewing yep. and George Tech. Yep. And uh, that's crazy. We just talked about Paul Ewing. That's what I'm I told you, man, I'm a student of the yeah, game. I yeah, remember but, all these teams. But it's so crazy. I just remember Billy Kennedy and Steve Crom and them boys uh, stressing, you live by the three, you die by, by the three. three. And mm-hmm. now you fast forward to 2022, and it now jacked. coaches want you to get these jack these threes up. Like jacking the, the, them up, the, bro. The Lakers don't even have good shooting. Yeah. And they shot 41 threes last night. Westbrook yeah. shouldn't have shot none, but continue. He 41 yeah. threes, bro. So that just go to show you, to your point and your point, that the game has changed so much, and I mean, Utah shot forty-five. But it's funny because I think I actually think if you if you look at the real, and I don't want to say analytics, I don't think that's the right word, but I think if you look at all these teams that you think shoot threes really well in college basketball, like if you if you like look at Kansas, I think they shot a decent amount of threes last year. Right. I think you'd be surprised at actually the percentage of. Not just the percentage of twos that they shot, but I bet they shoot a really high two-point percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the Warriors are the same way. Like they don't get enough credit for their defense. They don't get enough credit for the amount of like their two-point percentage offense. Right, right. right. And I think th- those things go into being a team that can shoot more threes. And actually, I know we're about to talk about the Pelicans at some point, but yeah. I think they shot. I looked at it last night. I think they shot seventy-six twos mm-hmm. and twenty-six threes, mm-hmm. and they shot forty-eight percent from three, right. or something like that. Right. So it's like. I don't think that's a – I think that I think that percentage from three is a testament to, like, trying to attack the paint, attack fight the paint, for the paint. The paint. And, and when you shoot the right ones, like, the percentage is going to go up. You know? One of the things Willie Green was talking about in the offseason, he said that it will be times where he wants his team to play up and down, you know, score the ball in eight seconds. And it was like, why? He said, to get more possessions. The game has changed, and we're going to shoot more threes than we probably have ever done. Mm-hmm. And and we're gonna sprinkle some tools in too. But when you get when you play up and down and, and, and play fast, you get more possessions. So all the threes that they're shooting, it kind of gets negated because you're getting extra possessions. You know what I mean? Correct. So it's it's a way to kind of manipulate this, um, in a sense. When you talk about how many threes people shooting now, and people like Willie Green and these good coaches in the NBA that's coming right. up, they're figuring a way that okay, we got to evolve with the times, but we still got to do it in a way where we still get high percent of shots, like sure. like the two-point shots like you just was talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, like I got to say, it's, it's, it's exploded since, really since 2000. If you go look at the stats prior to 2000, I think back in 99 and down, the average team in the NBA 
there's only two teams that shot 23s a game. Two. They all shoot over 26 now. It's amazing to watch. Like, if you go watch a game from – I'm not trying to start a war with the 80s or 90s guys. <laughs> but, like, if you just go watch a game, like, a lot of times, the point guards are just dribbling into 20 feet before they're even picked up by a defender. I mean, right. you, you watch a game, and they're just, like – they dribble into, like, 20 feet and pick the ball over their head and are able – like, and now – you know, not just the shooting, but the defense. Like, Patrick Beverly's picking you up at 60 feet, 60 you feet. know, and, and making you work. And, and you're not just getting catches. And I think that the, the game – certainly when you talk about the hard fouls at the rim of the 90s, like mm-hmm. that was that was super physical. But I think right. if, you, if you're actually watching the gameplay and watching how guys are held on screens mm-hmm. now, I think the gameplay actually today – is more physical than it's ever been because these dudes are just – they grab, yeah. they hold on screens, yeah. you know. And, and certainly, really again, at the rim – like Everybody won't talk about a hand check. Well, I think <laughs> – yeah. Like, I think I think obviously there's more fouls now that are called flagrants that would have just been regular fouls back then. Correct. I think that's obvious. Yeah. But right. I think when you're actually looking at the game and you look at the way, man, these the way these dudes screen – Yeah. Like, they don't call moving screens no, in the no, NBA. No. Like, no. like no. and how these dudes hold Steph. I yeah. mean, it's – it is a physical game, man. Yeah. Physical. Yeah. I, I do have a two-part question for you. You know, I kind of compare you and Coach Richard Riley just watching what he did at Nichols to John Calipari. I'll tell you why. Mm. Because Calipari basically has a new team every year. Right. Basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when Richie got there, and since you've been there, you know, y'all bring a lot of transfers in. So I, I, I kind of equate that to what – Calipari did at Kentucky, bringing in new freshmen every year. Rather you the opposite just kind of having a the opposite of Bruce Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> kind of having a new team in a sense, and you've been very successful doing that. You and Coach Richard Riley when he when he was the head coach at Nichols. What has been the formula for that to be able to get these guys the mesh that's coming from some of them coming from bad programs, some of them coming from good programs? How right. have you been able to get those guys the mesh and 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 equated into winning and being able to win the Southland Conference? And my second part question is, how would you have handled the situation with Joy Poole and Draymond Green? So, well, with, with, with the <laughs> you know I had to come with up the, with this. With, with, with yeah. the first part, you know, I, I I think one thing it's you know when you talk about a formula, I I think what I would tell young coaches is first and foremost like you got to be you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been a guy. I grew up around the game. You know, if you guys – I know you guys know my story. Like, I, I lived internationally. I lived right. in all these different types all of places. places. So, I've always just been a guy that made new friends, picked up quick with people, great relationships. Like, mm. love just, like, building bonds with people. Right. Like, I like that. I love that. You know, I, that's part of, like, why I do what I do. And, and, and that's why I like to get out and play pickup with our dudes or mess around, you know. And, and to me, if you want to coach guys hard and get guys to buy in, you've got to truly develop a relationship. It can't just be – and I think there's that's the problem. The problem is there's a stigma around transfers that it's very transactional. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, and that's it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You it don't know? have to be and, that way. And I so agree. now again, if I I enjoy like you know, I think we can I can get a guy and within a month or two, help him see the vision of what we have and how he can grow as a person and a player. When you know and how that's gonna improve. And, and what he's going to have, you know, a lifelong bond and, and, yep. just, and how that's going to happen. I agree. But if but if that's not your thing as a coach, then you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't right? do it. You know, you shouldn't do it. You, right. should, do it. you should recruit differently. Right. And, and 
no, it's not about right or wrong. At the end of the day, I mean, we have a job to do. We, yeah, job we, need to, we have to win games. We have to help our guys graduate. We have to, you know, and for me, it's important that they're getting – I tell our recruits all the time, man, my college basketball experience was the best experience of my life. You know, I talked to my college coach mm-hmm. three times a week. I just got back from New York two weeks ago, went to my, my shooting guard's wedding. Come you on, know, man. And, like, yeah, it was great. And, uh, and, and just, you. you know, I, I want our guys to have that experience. Experience. You know. And you, you build those relationships. Those relationships just yeah. stick for the rest of your life. They just don't disappear. You know, I think we're going to win games. I think, you know, we're going to win more championships. But if you don't value the other side of it, then it's not going to be everything you want no. here at Nichols. And, and so. You, you make it sound so easy. I mean, I love it. You know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I that's just, not easy bringing know. in a kid that's been at Troy State for three years, getting his head beat in, and yeah. to bring him into your culture where y'all do things differently, practice hard, and right. it's a high intensity practice. Fred, listen, high intensity. You think he's a maniac? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, to get him to get him to come in and buy in 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 the first year and still be able to equate that to winning, winning. that's not easy. Yeah, I just think, but. I think I, I one thing I think we don't give kids enough credit for is like they can see what's real, they can see what's authentic, you know? right? And like give right. a discernment, if, if, yeah. And and don't and like you know, I mean, just honestly, in, in recruiting, and then certainly when they get there, I mean, don't lie to them, you know. I, mean, I think I think you know, and then and then maybe it's not going. I mean, I've had to have diff, like Difficult we've had a bunch of successful transfers, but. We've had some guys that have had to sacrifice that it didn't go the way they wanted You're to. Right, right. You know, I mean, we come down, you got to sit down. And, and those guys, you know, I talked to one of them this past week, and he certainly didn't maybe have the career at Nichols that he wanted to, but he graduated. He's a champion. He's still kind of grinding, trying to work his way through, maybe potentially playing somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and he's and I'm in his corner for the rest of our life. That's a 100%. bond that we that we build. Right. And, and when, right. You know, certainly like when I went to school and played for Coach Jason Zimmerman. Like, that was a, you know, I, I, we trusted him. My family trusted him. And mm-hmm. I, and I, and he, he was in my corner. He's still in my corner, right? And so. And I remember for the, your press conference when you first got introduced, you, you, you thanked him and, and you was like, man, I don't know if this is being streamed or not, but coach, I love you. Yeah. You know, that's my guy. That's, that says a lot about a lot. former player saying that about his coach. No, for sure. Um, the Draymond Jordan Poole situation. <laughs> man, you know, one, I mean, I know you don't have to say any names or anything like that. Has you have you ever witnessed anything like that in practice? Not like that. I mean, we <laughs> we we have had some some dust dust. Now. Right. I think I think right. any I think any team with championship aspirations and look, that's just my personality, right? Yeah. I, and I tell our guys all the time, listen, we're not we're not gonna fight. Like we're not we're not gonna throw punches. Right. We're not, we're not gonna. I like got gloves. No, we don't got gloves. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but. But I'd I'd rather have boxing you know, matches. Boxing I'd rather matches. I'd rather have like some times where hey man we got we got to get some dudes away from each other mm-hmm. in a in a practice mm-hmm. then then we're just kind of going through the motions and there's not and I just think in great right. programs man there's there's got to be moments of friction yeah. you know now again that particular situation <laughs> yeah. where again I'm not there but they're talking about money there's off the court yeah, stuff that's know. that's a whole different deal right, that, yeah. um, but in terms of our team. Like again, I, I we're not gonna punch each other. Like we're we're not gonna do that. Like obviously something would have to there'd be have to be some sort of, you know, reprimand. Right. right. But right. you know, it's at the end of the world that guys are fighting, you know, um if it's if it's within the lines of like competition, no, nah, that's not the end of the world no. to me. Now if it's in there's stuff going on outside the locker room and there's right. there's issues, 
you know, man to man, and then you got to sit down and, and obviously figure that out because that can come between right. the mission, between the mission the lines. between between the, between the. But if there's the fear, you know, heck, we got practice at two o'clock. Who knows what'll happen today? You know, right? Like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get out here and compete, and and it's like you know we talked about with you know some of the guys that we talked about on, on our team earlier. Man, I, I want to see a little bit more of that fire. I want I want to see right my dog. I, I want to you know, and, and and part of a coach is you know if you want guys to play with that passion every single day, mm-hmm. then sometimes you're going to have to deal with situations, just, you know, similar to similar that. that. Maybe not maybe not a guy getting not cold clock. Right. <laughs> you know, a guy getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Barnes, uh, you know, and a lot of different NBA players came out and, and talked about this, but particularly Matt Barnes said that when he was at UCLA and in the NBA, he said that was the norm. He said it might not, it might not have been to the extent of how Draymond Green did it, but right. he said – that was the norm, and he said the only difference is it never got out. It never got out. It never. And, it and never like got Kendrick out. Perkins talked about it a lot. Of, like Stephen, they came out and said that he has witnessed things like that happening from talking to different former players and players that's in the league currently. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I went through it in high school, and that's right. in the, at the high, high school, school level. So I can right. only imagine right. at the college and the pro level. Yeah, it's, just, it's that level of competition, but it sounded like from from the. From the way it looked, it looked like something that was outside of. Nah, it looked like he was holding on to that. Like he, 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 he had that punch loaded up. Like he had been saving that. I'm, you know? I'm just amazed that Jordan Poole, they showed him like 30 minutes after that happened. He's getting shots up. Yeah. He has no marks on his face. Yeah. Like, what did, I mean, did Draymond Green just hit him in his, like, the top of his head? Like, what? Yeah, it's hard. I guess it's hard to I'm, see where Listen, being, I'm really. surprised that he just. He he he's he getting up shots thirty minutes later. Thirty I'm, minutes I, later. I'm in my feelings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get you. look, look, he he just got what 140 in. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not thinking about anything. Gonna lie. I, I'd have been mad, but I, he knew they was in contract yeah. negotiation. Of course, he knew that. I'm gonna keep my keep my cool. It's nah. funny. I think I think contract signed. Yeah, right. <laughs> I catch one. Yeah, <laughs> and and obviously, I, I mean, I've gotten into it with teammates. I've never been punched like that by a teammate, you know. But like, I do think it is funny when you sit back. And you see it happen to somebody, or you see it happen in another situation. You just think, oh, like, I'd be so mad. But I can remember kind of, even if something happens at Nichols, where guys get dusted up and you separate. Right. I mean, thirty seconds later, we're back to playing. Back to playing, and, and they're fine. Right. You know, and so yeah, now all. again, that was an extreme situation with the Warriors. But I think if if anybody can handle it, it's the World Champs. Let me ask you a question. Speaking about the World Champs, let's get on the NBA. Come on. Do you think they have a chance to repeat? The NBA season about to start. We're, yeah. We're underway. Oh, yeah. You think they're going to be like this team to beat? Or who you think possibly in the West or in the East that can continue with you? think the Pels can probably knock them all? Or you think they can finish that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Golden State has been highlighted because not just, you know, with Steph and Clay and his past brothers, but they've been advertised as having a lot of young depth yeah. <laughs> on that team behind the starters. Yeah. Where do you think they can end up at? Where do you think the Pels can end up? Can the Pels – you know, end up, you know, maybe a – He don't care about the Pels. I like the Pels. He, he's a Rockets fan like me. I'm a Rockets fan. I root for the Pels. <laughs> I'm a Rockets I'm, fan. I'm a diehard Rockets. Right, we know the Rockets ain't going to end up – Stop. Hello. In this. We're, we're in a different process right now. Yeah. We're in a different process. Playing I'm games. Cool with it. Playing game talks. Maybe. I'm cool with the journey. Maybe. <laughs> I'd, love to make, I'd love to make the playing game. Playing game? I'd, I'd love to make the playing game. I, I love what I the NBA go. I love what the NBA did with the playing game. To me, it's it looks like that stepping stone that you hit. Look, if you could win – like that ninth or tenth game, and you get in here, it looks like you're building towards something. I love that mm-hmm. idea of that playing game. Yeah. So that's where y'all at right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're working for. We got a vision, though. You know, the Pels, I, I think I think they're going to be right there for a, 
four or five seed. I mean, I think the goal for the Pels should probably be to try to get a home playoff series, right? I mean, I think that's what they should try to do. Or they As a fan of the Pels, that's that's what I hope for too. Yeah. I just hope that, you know, a lot of fans, you know, if they add the, you know, we got Zion back, B.I. is there, McCullum is there. I think they kind of have their nucleus together. A lot of hey, expectations are going to come. B.I. was the best player on the floor last night. So I told Over KD? This, we had an argument. Last night. <laughs> we had that's, a, that's, yeah, he's look, coming, man. Me and him had an argument about two months ago if the Pelicans want to reach the promised land, which is the NBA Finals. He thinks that Zion has to be their best player. I said, no, B.I. has to be their best player because he can score at all three levels. I mean, I would say they have to have B.I., but I would never – like, I think Zion – it's kind of like to me like the Giannis Middleton thing, right? Like Middleton's right. not better than Giannis, but they gotta have Middleton too. Correct. Right? Like I, I think that's a bad comparison. I'm not saying like what I'm saying is I think Zion is more valuable overall uh-huh. than Brandon Ingram. They're not. Yes. To, yeah. I mean, what were they last year without Zion? They were like what? They got the playing game. They playing were seven game. or eight. Yeah. Playing game. They, they actually would do it. But what? So I see, if Bi nice didn't play and they had Zion. This year, full year? No, last year. But what about this year without Bi and they had Zion? You think they wouldn't be? You think they? Well, I, I think they're still the top six seed. I do too. I think they're the top six seed. I don't know. It's just some, I'm just Even big on guys that just because I don't know about better. Maybe that's not the right word. In the playoffs, you know how I get man. Them dudes gonna load up. That's uh, what I'm saying. And you need somebody that can score that elbow jumper. Yeah. Knock down the three. You know, be dynamic in that kind of way. I just don't yeah. see Zion. I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think it's why, I mean, to me, it's why the Bucks didn't win the championship. Because Chris Middleton didn't Chris play. Chris Middleton didn't play. And, that, and I'm a, yeah, play. so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, but Giannis is obviously their best player. Yeah. But yeah. they still got to have Chris Middleton. Like, I Correct. think Zion, he's not, obviously, Giannis and Middleton, there's more of a gap yeah. than there's between Zion Correct. and B.I. Yeah. But I guess my point is, like, when it comes to your point, playoff basketball, they're going to need B.I. because of his ability to he score. He's going to score basically anywhere on that floor. It doesn't yeah. matter. Right. I don't think he, I think he's becoming the player that, in terms of get, you can't stop him from getting to his spot now. Right. He's getting to that point where if it comes to on his basketball floor, getting to my spot, you can't stop me. And right. I, don't, I think he's reaching the point where it doesn't matter who's guarding him. Right. He don't care if you, whatever brand recognition you are, he don't care. He's like, I'm going to get to my spot. There's nothing you can really do about this. Is out of I miss, or it's buckets. Yeah, and I think he's reached he's reached that level of confidence, and I think he's played enough games to where he feel like he's that dude. Yeah, and I and I don't want to take nothing from B. I think he's evolving into being the all star caliber. He was all star last year. Yeah, he's all star caliber. Just saying. He's gonna be a consistent all star. Yeah, but what's gonna propel the Pelicans? Like he's on for high as hell was on for the night. He's bad. Yeah, he, come come on, man. Open the night. Get the braids, man. Bro. Go ahead. You know, on, get the braids. Get the braids, man. I mean, whatever he's got to do to do what he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, but he, yeah. Yeah, but get the braids, man. Get, yeah. get, yeah. get the two plants and call it a day. Coach, man, I know you got to get the practice for 2 o'clock. Uh, I'm good, man. I got a couple more minutes. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you guys um, play Op- this year. Opening night when they open up. I guess Arizona. Arizona. Arizona, baby. November Arizona. 7, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Out there in Tucson. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah. You know, they. Uh, What's up with Nick was getting, like, Top 25. But see, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. three of them now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Houston last year. I'm going to tell you something. He lives for these moments that he yeah. lives for seeing what his team match up. Yeah. Living for the upset. I remember when y'all beat Pittsburgh that year with. That's right. Capel. Uh, yeah. Coach. Yeah. 
Carbon. The game before that, we uh, we had lost Illinois in overtime. Overtime. You know, and I think. Um, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where obviously, I mean, of course, like the biggest part behind it is, you know, of course, we're raising money for for athletic, you know, mm-hmm. department. Correct. And for what and what, you know, trying trying to help our university as a whole. Yeah. You know, Correct. I mean, this yep. year Correct. We're raising Correct. Over 500k, you know, for the university, and that's that's a big part of, part of know, it. Part of that goes a long way for everybody in Thibodeau, you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I want to have guys that want to play in those games. Mm. I mean, right. I, that goes without saying. And then, even for me, I mean, like I said, I'm a student of the game. I mean, basketball is is my love. It's my first love. And and I mean, I, I you know, sometimes I even just you know, we're standing up there against Wisconsin. It's like, man, we're in the Cole Center. This is a legendary venue, you know. Pitt. Correct. And this year, you know, Arizona, like it, you know, it's. It's gonna be an incredible experience, not just y'all played for Purdue, a, y'all played uh played Purdue Ivy. last year. Yeah, Jay Nivey. Yeah. Jay Nivey. We, played, we played well that game too. I yeah. was I was proud of our guys that game. You know, we we actually had a three <clears throat> to cut it to single digits with about eight minutes left. Um, they ended up stretching it again, but yeah, Jay Nivey. That was <clears throat> that was probably the best venue I've ever coached. And y'all played Villanova when Richard was there. Y'all played Villanova when they won That's right, the yeah. championship. Yeah, there, yeah, they had all them dudes, man. <laughs> Brunson, DiVincenzo, Brunson. Yeah, Phil Booth, Spellman, Bridges. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jermaine yep. Samuels just graduated. Uh, what's the point? But Gillespie was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they, they were unbelievable. And, and I think that, like I tell kids all the time in right. high school, right? Everybody wants to go high major. That's, that's just what it that's is. That's what right? it is. And I, I tell kids, I'm like, if you can't go high major and you have to go to a Southland Conference or a Sunbelt, you're still going to get opportunities to play against these high majors. Yeah. Like, y'all played Baylor. Yeah, we the got National Baylor, Champion. Texas yeah. Tech this year. You know, Texas, yeah, State, played Texas yeah. Tech, too. State. But y'all played Baylor last year, too. Yeah, we played. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so my, my point is you're going to have if, – if you think you're like that, if you think if you think you're, you are a high major, right. you're, you're going to have opportunities opportunity. to play against these high majors. It's yeah. not so much like in football – where you might play mm-hmm. one high major school in nine conference. Yeah. In basketball, you might get six, five, seven. It happens. Yeah. Because yeah, there's more games to be played. Yeah. And, yeah. So the scheduling and, could work out yeah. in their favor. Yeah. And so it's not an excuse yeah. to say, oh, I have to go high major to be looked at. You're going to get opportunities. You're going to get opportunities. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's a recruiting tool as well. I mean, you want at the end of the day, we know what we got to do. We got to win the conference regular season and the conference tournament, right? Correct. The overall record doesn't really matter, you know. I mean, and of course, you know, you're going. We're trying to go 30, 30 and 0, right? But you're also trying to, you know, like you just said, man, you're trying to give kids exposure. You right. know? Correct. We, we got guys that, you know, from from the last year to the three years before, man, guys that, like you mentioned, have come from maybe a higher level. You know that pe- and and didn't get that opportunity and want to prove that hey man we can play at this level mm-hmm. and we're we're as good as you know these guys that maybe are getting more praise and more recognition. But not so. just that, but those kids that because those you gotta understand those NBA scouts are at those games. Yeah. So somebody could you know, the work that you could do to make somebody who's being you know scouted at the NBA level. Yeah. You know you could you could indirectly because you played a guy like Jaden Ivey. Yeah. You could have one of your kids who you know had a, did a good job against him and say man. Who is that kid? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and yeah. Now you don't even know, realize that the spotlight is on you and somebody may be deciding, you know what? Let me see what's going on over there. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And then you look at the team record and you see what's going on. You see how that kid keep progressing and progressing and progressing. And all of a sudden, it sounds crazy, but you might end up in the G League. Mm. You may not get drafted, but listen, now you're playing basketball. It's all about opportunity. Yeah. yeah, you get an opportunity to possibly opportunity. get there and you say, damn, how I got here? 
It's all about opportunities. Opportunities. Ty yeah. Ty got invited to the Portsmouth Invitational last year, which is you know it's it's like fifty five or sixty something. It's invite only for seniors. Mm-hmm. Like every senior across the country, and uh, he was one of the only mid major guys to get an invite. And I think it's great that he was a player of the year in the Southland. But I think a big part of the reason he got the invite was because he had twenty nine at Purdue. You know, he had twenty six, and we almost beat Wisconsin. You know, right. he had twenty one, and we beat the Missouri Valley champs. Right. You know, and so I think like it's you're those, saying, that's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. Man, I remember you probably you probably don't remember this, but I remember the first time me and you really had a conversation is when Bonneville and Tipperary High played in the playoffs. You and Coach Aiken was there. Packed, right. packed house. Packed. And I remember, like, I was covering the game, and I was, like, talking to you guys, like, throughout the whole game. I think that's when me and you really kind of, okay, man, like, yeah, yeah Clone's a cool dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just foresee nothing but good things happening for you going forward. Uh, innovative, man, passionate, uh, care about them kids. And, uh, man, I'm rooting for you. I can't wait to see what you guys do this year, man, your fifth season. I appreciate you, man. And seriously, no, I, I do remember that. And I think a big part of why I've been um, so lucky here is I do think it's been just a perfect match of, like, my energy with just the culture and community in South Louisiana, yep. you know. And it's 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 hard to explain. You know, you, you try to explain to people, uh, you know, and, and it, again, it sounds cliche. I, like, I feel like Clemson, when I was there for three years, is mm-hmm. a very special place. You know, you got to kind of be there to understand mm-hmm. it. Right. I think South Louisiana is very much the same way, man, and, and it's just – there's a there's attitude and, and a um, a spirit down here that you know when when you got to be here to you understand get, you get you get players here that like fall in love with it and they don't leave. I mean you get excited right. like Tavon Sadly here from yep. Baltimore Maryland. He gets down here and he's like, where the hell am I at? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he doesn't ever want to leave. You know, he's coach here and he and he and right. And that's just one example. And I think we have a lot of guys, man, that, and just you know I'm a kid from Texas that had never really had any experience in Louisiana. And I don't ever want to leave. You right. know, right. so right. right. even uh, one of your coaches, Coach Joy, went to Cal uh, Cal Fullerton. Yeah, that's right. And it, this is in California, bro. Right. He's like, man, I couldn't get, I couldn't wait. I gotta get back, get back to Thibodeau, man. <laughs> I was like, bro, you was in Cali, bro. Yeah. You love, yeah. you love Cali. Cali. You to come back, back to Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Louisiana, bro. Like, and that just go to show you. You know what I'm saying? Listen, so that just go to show you. Try parish. Always gonna be occasion. Try, try parish effect. Yeah. <laughs> come back to the try parish. You know that. I'm always gonna be occasion, but I'm, I'm never gonna put a Saints. <laughs> Hello, we gonna sign out on that note. <laughs> oh Lord, who that? Listen, <laughs> no Cowboys, baby. Listen, all sisters. Listen, I hope y'all win the NFC East. I hope y'all do. Come on, man. I do. Come on, man. I first of all, let's get some clip. Well, don't be don't be a hater. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, I'd root for the Saints. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, man. I would. Listen, I my would. original prediction was they had the best. Office, they, they, they had the most yards. They had the, they had the number one offense last year. They had the most yards. I was like, listen, I told y'all, Cowboys going to win the division. So, don't show. Okay. You know, they, Before they, we go, are the Saints going to win tonight? Now you don't want to talk about football anymore. Now you don't want to talk about football anymore. We decimated by injuries. You going to hear this? I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not confident about tonight. DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Listen. D-Hop is coming back. Here's the deal. I just don't Between know. the Cardinals or the Saints, whichever team loses, because they're both two and four. Yeah. You're done. A, they're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. The season's over. They, done. First, they got problems in Arizona. Clisberry, 
his guy, Kyler Murray. They got disarray going on. Hop coming back. You lose Hollywood Brown. A lot of disarray. You trade for Robbie Anderson over there. Who just Uh, curses position coaches all the time. Let him have it all on TV. It's disarray down in Arizona. Over here, we can't keep a guy healthy. I I, I had an old – I'm not going to tell you who, but I had an old – Old coach that used to used to say, "Don't ever, don't ever underestimate how messed up the other team is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Saints tonight, 24-20. Mark this down, write this down. Right. 24-20. Let's save the season tonight. Let's save the season tonight, and that's how we're gonna end episode four of Fan, Fan View.